Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Mark. So happy you joined me for this episode. So leading and learning through safety, what does that mean? It means that first of all, we understand that our team has a fundamental need, a fundamental motivation to feel safe. We're also dictated by law to provide a safe and healthy workplace for our team. Let's merge those two things together. Let's lead with safety first. Let's learn from our team through safety. Those are the topics I like to explore. So welcome. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump right into my absolute favorite topic of all time that we've been living in for almost a full two years now, COVID-19. Lots of changes, lots of interesting things happening, and I'm not really even sure how to digest it all. So even in my professional career, my podcasting part that I do for fun on the side, that is uh, certainly it's not... uh, Anything you should take as official advice, Uh, it's my opinion, it's my insight to it from my experience, but let's deep dive what's been going on. So the first thing is that the Supreme Court in January, uh, January 7th, will hear brief arguments on the emergency temporary standard for general industry for employers that are 100 or more. They, some of them have started calling it the Vaxxer test mandate. Uh, so the Vaxxer test mandate will be heard arguments. So the Fifth Circuit Court put a stay on it. Sixth Circuit Court overturned it, dissolved that. It's back on the books, delayed implementation because of that time. And then we go on and we're now being argued in the Supreme Court. Now, as that is happening, OSHA just announced this week that they are withdrawing the emergency temporary standard for healthcare workers. Uh, most of it is being withdrawn. The pieces of that are being kept as the record keeping parts. But as far as the vax or test mandate, that is being withdrawn. A lot of debate on why that happened, whether it was optional, whether it was really the time limit. Some really interesting arguments out there on, and discussion, not really arguments, but discussion on was it the right timing? Should they have done it? Could they have kept it longer? Um, but they're withdrawing it. And their argument is that one time limit has come for the ETS. Also, that they are working on a permanent standard for uh, any type of disease. So they're looking at 
instead of just like bloodborne pathogen, because we do have a bloodborne pathogen standard, they're wanting to look at an infectious disease standard. And that's what this would be more geared toward. And what's interesting about that is what they're wanting to do is by reference, find a way that OSHA can be an enforcement arm of the CDC. So if the CDC makes recommendations for the workplace for certain, any new, old, current, ongoing infectious disease, that OSHA could then enforce those recommendations or those ideas that come from the Center of Disease Control. Very interesting. This is something new that I'd recently was reading about. I'm sure other people priority knew some of that. It was new to me. It was new information to me on what the standard was hoping to look like or what the goal of OSHA, the spirit of the law that they're trying to encompass. That's going to be interesting because a lot of the times the CDC will make recommendations for uh, various uh, diseases, infectious control. It'll be interesting to see how they're able to frame that. How are we able to adapt it to the workplace? Will the CDC have to adapt a little bit also to give clearer advice for what is home-based precautions, what is workplace precautions. Is the home and the workplace going to be different? Because there is a very different dynamic from what I do at work versus what I do outside of work. Maybe I like concerts. Maybe I like golfing, bowling league, going to movies, uh, any other go-to-sporting events. What is it that I like to do at home versus what I do at work? And how can that guidance be very, very different? And for that to work, and in my mind, for that to work, there has to be that very strong partnership within those two government agencies to talk to each other and to be able to enforce the CDC recommendations. The CDC would have to give some very clear guidance on any old, new, ongoing infectious disease and how it would affect our workplaces versus how it would affect uh, someone in the general public. Because that can, again, my work life is very, very different than my home life. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. Pretty sure that's true for almost everybody that you are, we do different things at work than we do at home. Maybe we're social extrovert, introvert, both ways. And that does affect how we would interact, but there would have to be better guidance. It is interesting to me to see that we're fighting the temporary standard for general industry in the Supreme Court at the same time withdrawing the ETS for healthcare. It kind of sets a tone of unknowing. Now, another article that I actually came across now, again, whenever you're reading the news, there can be spin to it. I get that. But I found it interesting that it appears that in some healthcare areas, the hospitals, healthcare agencies, large conglomerates of healthcare are calling people that they terminated for the the mandatory vaccination standard, the ones they may have released or terminated, or either they had an accommodation and that accommodation was, hey, you've got a month to do the vaccination or you will be terminated, which was some of the guidance we were given in some cases on how to handle an EEOC item with the vaccination, that the reasonable accommodation would give them time off to get vaccinated. 
and they terminated them. So now nurses, uh, other healthcare providers are in certain areas, not everywhere, getting phone calls from their previous employer asking if they're willing to come back now that the ETS is being rescinded. Boggles my mind. That one right there uh, truly stuns me uh, and truly sets the tone for some very interesting conversation. And I get that's going to get extremely political. I don't like to get political because that's just, to me, it's just argument for the sake of argument. And I'd rather just deal with what can we do about it? The best thing we can do is be prepared, have our knowledge ready, have our risk assessment ready. Uh, And hopefully you've done this over the past two years. Look at where the risk for COVID is for your team and how you're addressing it. What are the risk factors? What are your mitigation steps? Follow through with it. Communicate to your team. Talk to them. Listen to them about their concerns. That's step one. Because very uncertain times with any standard that's out there. And so we're kind of at the mercy of waiting and seeing and kind of in the background getting prepared and then maybe having to make some changes. But most of all, what we want is a safe workplace. We want to care about our team. And I'm a firm believer that you really don't shouldn't need a legislation to do the right thing. But sometimes a lot of companies need it. But looking at that, are you looking at the risk and helping address that risk with your team? More podcasts coming up in just a moment. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety. www.tsdamalgamated.com Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, Thanks for joining me. I want to continue on with a local story that I've been following, and this is right from my hometown, unfortunately. So you heard that Mayfield, Kentucky, the quad state tornadoes that ran through earlier in the month, did a tremendous amount of damage. One of the areas that have been a focus is the Mayfield Candle Factory. And this is a place that made different scents and candles. And they were working that night. The tornado struck and the building collapsed. It was a huge search and rescue effort. And I was really proud of my community for the way they pulled together after this. But I talked earlier about uh, a couple podcasts ago, maybe right after it happened, of how unfortunate uh, some of the claims are that are coming out of that area of that company and some of the treatment of its people, especially with safety. And so the insurance journal, so insurancejournal.com actually had a article written about it. And I want to kind of go through that. I want to talk a little bit more because it is my hometown. It is something that feels very near and dear to me. And there's something very psychological about this. And there's something very fundamental about what happened here. So what it says is that ultimately uh, a number of the injured people 
workers that were there that evening when the tornado hit are suing for undisclosed amount of money for the damages and the injury that occurred beyond the scope of just simple workers' compensation. They're looking for something more due to the fact that there was extenuating circumstances that occurred there. So local news outlets reported that the lawsuit charges that managers at the Mayfield Consumer Products Candle Factory were pushing employees to stay on the job to meet their Christmas demand, had other safety violations, and have engaged in cover-up to protect the company. And I'm quoting directly from the article because I couldn't have said that any better. So what they have said is that as people were saying, hey, we want to go home, this storm, and this storm was well predicted. You could watch it. It was coming. Um, You could see it traveling. It was well known and well predicted and well talked about that we were going to be, need to be in shelter, need to be prepared. It was going to be bad. We, We were following the news. The power went out well before the storms even hit. It was well known that this was going to be a tough storm. We didn't know the exact nature and how bad it was going to be, but we knew it was going to be something. And the workers were asking to go home, and they were told, no, if you leave, you will be terminated instantaneously. You're done. And so, of course, the company is saying, well, they had the right to leave. They they were free to leave. Well, of course they were free to leave. The problem was the consequences were that were implied, either indirectly or directly, told them to stay. And so when we look, and I love Maslow, I, that is my go-to when I'm looking at trying to understand why things happen. People will choose a job over their safety. They need food, water, and shelter. And so a job is that basic fundamental need. So what happened here is that, yeah, you're free to leave, but don't come back. You won't have a job if you come back. And this is alleged, of course, but let's play the game. Let's walk the path. Yeah, you're free to leave, but you won't come back. So I am attacking your fundamental motivational need, food, water, and shelter for your family. I'm, I'm taking that away from you. Okay, I don't care about safety anymore. I only care about this immediate thing of food, water, and shelter for my family. So they undermine the entire human motivation. They completely undermined everything that makes us a human being. They dehumanized us with that statement. If that is true, and that is very dehumanizing and very disturbing. Also, they reported, so National Public Radio actually looked into it, and the factory had been cited for safety violations in recent years and had an injury rate that has exceeded the industry average. And in 2019, the company was even fined $16,000 over safety issues. That's a pretty good amount of money uh, for safety issues. Um, it's possible that the lawsuits could be dismissed in court, but they are being reviewed. And also, so locally, because I am local, I've been seeing some, some Facebook posts of friends and friends of friends and things like that. And OSHA has launched an investigation into the site and their safety, again, their safety concerns and violations. One of the, not sure if it's true, I didn't do enough digging, but someone was had screenshotted where they had got a mass text from the organization saying, hey, OSHA is coming to visit and they're probably going to interview a bunch of employees. We have already retained an attorney 
And you have the right to first talk to our attorney to know how to talk to the OSHA officials if you want it. Of course, we're cooperating. I mean, put that in there. We are cooperating. We want you to be open and honest with the Mr. OSHA. But by the way, we have an attorney and you might want to consider using our attorney. Whoa. OSHA is here for people. That's the only part of that act, the, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, was to protect the worker, to assure that the worker has the right to a safe and healthy workplace. I have been on the other side of OSHA coming in and wanting to talk to my people, to talk to the employees that I was there to help be that protection for. I did not coach. I did not get in the way of it. I did not offer anything. For something like that. Now, in a union environment, there's different roles. But with a non-union environment, let it happen. This is so-and-so. He's with OSHA. He wants to ask you some questions. Be open and honest. Boom. We have an attorney. And if you would like to talk to our attorney, because you might, almost the fear, like you should be afraid of Mr. OSHA. They're not here for you. Come see us, the company. And what blows my mind is who would do it. I'm sure there'll be potentially someone who saw that and maybe got a little scared. But understand that OSHA is coming in to try to help in the best way they can to see what safety issues were there and figure. I mean, the building's gone now. So, I mean, a lot of this is a moot point completely. But the investigation has to happen. And for an organization to almost now, okay, one, we've taken away that human feeling. You can't go home. We, we're, take, we're dehumanizing you, but we're also now going to make you fear anyone that may be coming in to try to understand the truth and to be on your side. Wow. There's just not enough. If all that is true, it is disappointing to me as someone who cares about people. And it's also just mind boggling as a safety professional. And I'm going to follow this. I absolutely am going to continue to follow it. And any news I get, I want to report the news and not just my opinion of the news. So real quick, I do want to talk about, uh, if you're interested, uh, I am going to be part of a webinar with Safety and Health Magazine, the National Safety Council's publication, Building a Safety Culture that Withstands Change. That's going to be happening at noon Central Time in January 26th. Feel free to sign up. Love to have you. Uh, listen in there. I'm going to be with uh, Peter Steinfeld of Alert Media talking about the safety culture. Also, coming up in February, I'll be part of the ATSSA's Traffic and Convention Expo. I'll be there talking about creating safety motivation in adults. So we've got a couple of really exciting opportunities. If you're interested in joining in, we'd love to have you. Until next time that we chat, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. 
It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.